A Weekend with Jason Dacey Replay from Money FM 89.3. It's a crucial week for British PM Theresa May. This is our International News Week in Review with David Quo, the CEO of Motley Fool Singapore, spent a lot of his life in London and, of course, is originally from Hong Kong. He's here in the studio to talk about uh, Theresa May writing to the European Union to request a further delay to Brexit until the 30th of June. And we saw over the weekend not really anything coming out of the meetings or lack of meetings between Labour and and, uh, Theresa May's party, the Tories. What's the way forward? Because, I mean... April the 12th is this, this week. That's supposed to be the date, <laughs> it's not right? not that far away, Yeah, it's so it? soon. <laughs> so what's, what's going to happen, David? Look into your crystal ball for us. Do you know, I mean, uh, this is a mess. I know in the first half of the show we talked about, you know, the mess that Brexit has, has caused for the UK. And I think the crux of the problem is that they never really defined what leaving Europe really meant. Mm. And I think when people were asked to vote on whether you want to be in or out of the European Union, they never defined what being out meant, right? And so a lot of people said, oh, let's get out of Europe because um, I just want to get out. But what does it mean if you were to get out? Now, I think in the cold light of day, people are saying, Getting out is actually quite drastic because there are going to be lots of implications. There are going to be companies that will want to pull out of the UK and, and, and be in Europe because, I mean, by, by far that is going to be the biggest, uh, the biggest uh, trading block. So, therefore, we don't really want to be in the UK for that. Financial companies are saying that. And what are the consequences? And you can say, yeah, um, things will sort themselves out in the end. But I don't think things will sort themselves out. Well, they talk about a hard exit. What would that actually mean, a so-called hard exit from Brexit? And hard exit means that uh, nothing will be in place. So that'll just be chaos, won't it? Surely. Uh, and that is what they are trying to avoid. Mm. And so that is why they're saying we, we, we need a delay or they need a delay to uh, how they're going to be exiting Europe so they can at least put certain things in place. But there are some people who say we just want to leave. Regardless, we just want to leave. Mm. I don't want to be part of this party anymore rather than to stay and try and sort of sort things out from within. If they don't have a deal, it is, it is very likely to be chaos. And you could actually see the economy of the UK uh, deteriorate. And then what are you going to do? It's too late to go back in then. And so what you want to do is to not be in that position where you have to beg to go back in again because things are so dire. I mean, I'll tell you something, Jason. If you have a look at global economies around the world, India is going to overtake UK as uh, the, the, the larger of the two economies. Wow, that's stunning. By the end of this year, India will be larger than the UK. Wow. I mean, it it really is. It's sobering, isn't it, to think that? Well, it's not just sobering. I mean, don't the people of the UK realize what is going on? Mm. I mean, you are actually going further and further down the league tables of economies that have a say in what is going on around the world. Yeah. And eventually you'll just be insignificant. I mean, is that what you really want? Well, speaking about economies and deals, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump says the U.S. has found agreement on some of the toughest points in those trade talks with China. He's expecting a deal to come in the next maybe three or four weeks. What's your take on what's happening between uh, the U.S. and China at the moment? And how's that going to end? 
How can we believe a man anything that he says when he says that his father was born in Germany when his father clearly wasn't born in Germany? I mean, how can you take anything at face value from this president? And what exactly does the deal mean? Does it mean that America will uh, reduce the tariffs or cut the tariffs back down to zero and China will buy more goods from America? Isn't that where we were in the beginning of mm. this dispute? So we've actually sort of spent all this time arguing about things, putting things into flux around the world, and then we're just going to go back to square one again. But isn't and the U.S. going to get a better deal? That's what he wants, right? He wants the U.S. to get a better deal from China. And what is that deal going to be? That deal is going to be that American companies will have access to the Chinese markets. That was going to happen anyway. It was only a question of time. But doesn't it mean more balance in the uh, inflow and outflow? of you know, trade coming both directions? Well, if you have a look at what's been happening over this trade dispute anyway, America has been buying more goods from China. And so even with the tariffs in place, all that has happened is that the importers in America have had to pay the taxes. It's not the Chinese people who've had to pay the taxes. So it's the American importers that have to pay the taxes. They will have to pass on those import tariffs to the consumers. So who is one out of this? I, I can't see the Chinese having lost, but China was going to open up its market anyway. And we have to remember that China was going to rebalance its economy. They just wanted to do it in their own time. They didn't want to do it, you know, in the space of six weeks. <laughs> they wanted to do it over a longer mm, period mm. of time to give the Chinese uh, consumers, to give the Chinese economy, to give Chinese companies uh, some time to adjust to uh, China being the, uh, the sweatshop of the world, to, be, to China becoming a more consumer-led economy. That was going to happen anyway, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So what is this trade dispute been all about? What is this really achieved? It's achieved nothing. <laughs> With David Kuo for our International News Week and review the uh, CEO at Motley Fool Singapore. Let's talk about my nation, Australia, because we have lots of prime ministers, as you probably noticed, David. Yes, I do. We've had yeah. six since 2010. We're going to be going to the polls next month to elect a new government. Can you name all your prime ministers? Oh, that's a, that's a <laughs> tough one. I mean, Scott Morrison is going to be remembered as a very short term yeah. prime minister because he's not going to win the next election. And we know that there are three dates in May that potentially it could be the yes. election. Uh, I thought they had to announce it today if they're going to have yeah, one in May. I, th I think, yeah, well, I think it's been announced, uh, but not the actual date itself. Right. Okay. Uh, it's hard to follow <laughs> the Aussie <laughs> politics. But I want to get your take on Bill Shorten. He's the, um, of course, the opposition the leader. The Labour guy. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they say he's going to win. Uh, he gave his uh, response to the budget last week. And uh, a lot of people are worried uh, with, with, with Shorten because of certain uh, tax measures he may implement and also the lack of tax credits on bank shares. Mm -hmm. A lot of older Aussies are getting a lot of their income that way. Um, yeah, you're looking at me, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what about Shorten as a potential prime minister and how's it going to play out, do you think? Has, has Scott Morrison got any chance of getting re-elected because the coalition seems to be in pretty bad shape? Okay. I, I think what Australia has to realise is that um, its biggest trading partner is China. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, whichever leader comes in has to have good relationships with China. Because what, what, what you don't want is um, a leader who is going to be one that is looking after Australia rather than a leader that is looking beyond Australia and saying, we need to have better relationships with our neighbors in Southeast Asia, in particular, North Asia, China. Because... Because when you have a look at the exports, I mean, wh whether you like it or not, 
a lot of Australia's economy is controlled by the things that you dig out of the ground, mm. right? Don't they so, say China catches a cold, Australia gets pneumonia? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it could be more serious than yeah. pneumonia. Yeah. But I mean, if you have a look, I mean, yeah. ultimately, what really sort of dictates the Australian economy is its relationship with China. So you really want a leader that is capable of um, uh, being on good terms with China. Well, Kevin Rudd spoke Mandarin. Remember him? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And I think he was he, he was one of your better prime he was, ministers. Yeah, that, yeah. He was. He had two shots, right? He came back and it's I'm t- hard to keep track, but he was uh, prime minister twice, right? Yeah. And ultimately, uh, when you have a look at Australia, your currency, your economy, your property market, all of that is being controlled to some extent by your relationship with China. Mm-hmm. So whichever leader the Australian people decide eventually will have to be one that is uh, capable of um, uh, having good bilateral relationships with China. Because if you don't, then I think you know the Australian economy could suffer. So when you compare Bill Shorten to Scott Morrison on that China front and, and trade, uh, would you say anyone will get the kind of voters nod of approval? It's hard to say. Uh, I, I would have preferred um, Nigel Rudd myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin Rudd. Kevin, uh, Kevin Rudd. Yeah, 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 I would have preferred Kevin Rudd myself. Yeah. So therefore, uh, when, when you have a look, uh, the Australian people will have to decide for themselves. Mm. And when you have a look at what is going on in Australia, I think it's going to be very tough for the, uh, for the incumbent prime minister because property prices are falling. And ultimately, when people go to the polling booths, and I, and I say this time and time again, it is how you feel today wealth-wise mm. compared to the last time you went to the polling booth. Very true. If, if you feel wealthier now than previously, then you will say, I will keep the existing government in place because it's been good for me. But if, if I feel poorer today than I did the last time I, I, I put a tick in the box, then I'm going to change to the other side. And that is what happened in America. A lot of Americans said, I feel poorer now uh, at the end of the Obama era than at the beginning. So therefore, I'll give the other side a chance. With David, it's like cricket, really, isn't it? It's like cricket. <laughs> Talking about cricket with uh, David Kuo from the Motley Fool Singapore CEO, we're going to talk about sports now. Uh, Manchester City, they are into the FA Cup final. Mm-hmm. Their dream of a quadruple of trophies still alive. Yeah. Pep Guardiola's doing all right, isn't he? Can you name me one club that's ever done the quadruple? No. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you think Manchester City is going to do that? Well, they've got Champions League coming up, haven't and they? And they've got that against Spurs, though. Yes, they do. They do. So it's an all-England affair. Why do well, you think Spurs it's worse? Spurs are no walkover. No, you know? they aren't. Even but though Chelsea did beat them. I but... know you're a Chelsea fan, but what, what do you make of um, what Guardiola's done? And we see the, the City Football Group very active here in Asia. They have a big yeah. commercial office in Singapore. How is the brand building and what would the quadruple or even, uh, you know, a triple of trophies do for the, the brand? Well, people like success and people like to, uh, to follow successful teams. And when a team is not successful, then, of course, you know, you start losing support. The moment you lo- uh, start losing support, you sell fewer shirts. Fewer shirts, fewer tickets means less revenue. Less revenue means you have less money to pump back into the club again in order to, you know, sort of take that club forward. So success is, is ultimate as far as any football club is concerned. And if you have a look at Manchester City, when Pep Guardiola first went to Man City, he didn't do that great a job. And a lot of people... It took a while, didn't it? It did take Mm. a while. And that is why when I have a look at, you know, what is going on in Chelsea at the moment, Mm. you've got to give the guy a chance, right? You can't just simply sort of say, he's not doing very well at the moment. Let's get a new manager. You can't do that. Pep was given some time and now he's coming good. But will he win the premiership this time? 
I think it's Liverpool's <laughs> personally. Yeah, it's going to be back and forth the last few games of the season. And finally, a word on horse racing. You used to be a bookie in the UK, and the Grand National has been held over the weekend. We saw a Tiger Roll becoming the first horse since Red Rum 45 years ago to win the Grand National race back-to-back. Exactly, yes. And I, I was around during Red Rum's days. Uh, That's a while back. <laughs> it, 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 it is a while back. But uh, as far as uh, uh, Tiger Roll is concerned, it, it, it looked like a shoe-in for Tyro, mm. uh, Tiger Roll. Uh, it was his to lose. And, you know, a lot of Singaporeans won't understand about Aintree and the you know, the Grand National, how it's different to any horse race you may have here at Crunji or even yeah. Happy Valley in Hong Kong. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, it's jump racing, whereas mm-hmm. over here we have flat racing. And jump racing tends to be uh, sort of more treacherous. Very dramatic, isn't it? it Horses can, can die. Uh, yes. And, and, and uh, it's very easy to fall off the, uh, to fall off the jumps. Uh, we have to remember that the entire course is four and a half miles that's the long way. <laughs> that, that is a long way, yeah. And so, therefore, they got to go around twice. And uh, don't just think of it as being hurdles in the Olympics. I mean, these are really high jumps. And the jockeys have to be uh, on form. The jockeys have to be brave. I'm not saying that, you know, flat racing jockeys aren't brave. Because, I mean, if ever you've been to a horse race and you've seen how fast those horses mm. run, it, it is quite frightening. And you have to be brave to be a jockey. But even braver if you want to be a jump jockey. And jump jockey, uh, somebody once said to me, you know, that if you had a choice of either betting uh, on the flat races or the jump races, always go for the flats. Because you can't fall over on the flats. Mm. Highly unlikely, yeah? But whereas the jump race thing tends to be um, uh, less predictable. But when you have a look at the Grand National, great race, yeah. Spoken like a true ex-bookmaker. <laughs> David Quo, the uh, CEO of uh, Motley Fool Singapore. Thanks again for being our guest here on Money FM. You're welcome. Thank you.